On today's episode, I'll be going over every trade that Blackhawks general manager Kyle Davidson made at the 2022 NHL trade deadline, and I'll also quickly go over the Blackhawks' 5 nothing win over the Ottawa Senators last night. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Today is Tuesday, March 7th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you can also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're still listening to only the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, do me a favor, please, real quick, go and show some support. First, by following the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review on either Apple Podcasts or on Spotify if you want to. And spoiler alert, as I'll be telling you about more after the first commercial break on today's episode, you're going to need to do that in order to qualify for those two free Blackhawks tickets that I'll be giving away to the game on the 28th against the Dallas Stars. So make sure you go and do that. And if you're just checking out the video version of today's episode for the first time and you're not already subscribed to the channel, please go and help me out by doing so. While you're there, smash that like button down below on today's video. Comment as to how you're feeling about the Blackhawks post-trade deadline. We got a great showing from Anders Bjork last night in his second game with the Blackhawks. Let me know about how you're feeling about some of the newcomers thus far. And last but certainly not least, go and ring that bell. Turn on the push notifications, and that way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right, enough of that. Thank you again, everyone, for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Last night, the Chicago Blackhawks snapped their four-game losing skid with quite the impressive 5 nothing victory over the Ottawa Senators. It was, uh, you know, while it didn't necessarily help the Blackhawks in the tank standings. Fortunately, uh, the San Jose Sharks picked up an overtime victory over the Winnipeg Jets. They were actually on the cusp of losing that game two to one. Tomas Hurdle scores with like 12 seconds left to go to force overtime. And then Logan Couture goes on and wins it in OT for the Sharks. So the Blackhawks kind of got bailed out by earning two points last night. So did the Sharks. So they still remain in second to last place in the NHL Tankathon standings, a.k.a. the Connor Bedard watch standings, whatever you want to call it. Uh, And while it didn't help the Blackhawks case last night earning those two points, it was undoubtedly fun seeing this team pick up arguably their best victory of the entire season. And that's saying something considering, uh, you know, all of their big guns have recently been shipped out. So for this Blackhawks team to, Take it to the Ottawa Senators the way that they did last night. And by the way, this was a Senators team that entering last night's game had won five consecutive games. So two teams on the complete other end of the spectrum. The Blackhawks not only had lost four in a row coming into last night, they had got outscored 16 to six in the process, not looking very good post-trade deadline thus far, but things kind of changed last night at the UC and it was fun to see. Although it didn't get off to the best start for the Blackhawks. They had a pretty putrid effort in the first period. They only tallied three shots on goal, but uh, they actually wound up scoring the lone tally of the period as Philip Kerr. Urshev 
showed off his wheels in transition to uh, generate a two-on-one at odd man rush and then pulled off a nifty curl in drag maneuver and beat Magnus Sogard in net for the Senators, who, by the way, did not have himself a very good night, although he wasn't expected to get the start originally. Uh, Cam Talbot was supposed to get the go for the Senators. He wound up being a late scratch for them, and that actually caused Scott Foster. You all remember him. I actually should have brought up my Scott Foster jersey that I have for today's episode because I was in attendance for the Scott Foster game against the Winnipeg Jets a few seasons ago. But Scotty Foster was actually the backup for the Senators there for a little bit until uh, their AHL netminder, can't remember his name off the top of my head, was rushed to the UC and was uh, able to get there sometime in the second period, I believe. But not a very good night for Magnus Sogard in that for the Ottawa Senators. On the flip side, Alex Stalock had himself a phenomenal night for the Chicago Blackhawks. He was the lone reason why Arizona not only didn't take the lead in the first period and why the Blackhawks were the ones that had one to nothing after 20 minutes, but throughout the course of the game, Ottawa was pushing. They were the team that had more possession of the puck. Maybe they didn't get necessarily um, as many dangerous chances in the final 30, 40 minutes that they did in the opening 20, but each and every time Alex Stalock was ready and uh, ready to answer the bell and ended up stopping all 35 shots that he faced to earn his second shutout of the season. He just continues to be remarkable in that for the Blackhawks whenever he's been healthy this season. And as Charlie Rumeliotis, a frequent guest of the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast just wrote about last night. He truly has been one of the best goaltenders in the entire NHL this season, one healthy. So awesome to see Alex Daylock have a remarkable night last night in that really frustrating a lot of the Ottawa Senators. Brady Kachuk was losing his marbles out there. He wound up getting tossed in the final minutes. Staylock was chirping at him. Uh, it was quite the funny scene, but probably the right idea by the officials to get Brady Kachuk off of the ice because he was ap- acting like an absolute goon, uh, as were a lot of senators because they were clearly frustrated with not being able to squeak one by Alex Stalock. So tip of the cap to Mr. Stalock for picking up his second shutout of the season. He also stopped former Blackhawks forward Alex Debrinkit seven times in last night's game. You could tell Debrinkit had some extra pep in his step, and uh, he was shooting the puck every time he really had an opportunity to in the offensive zone. I'm sure he would have loved to be able to find the back of the net in his first game back at the UC against his former team in the Blackhawks. Although uh, not many former teammates of his are still around on the Blackhawks roster. He probably was like, uh, who the heck are some of these guys? Wasn't able to squeak one by Staylock though. Neither was uh, the rest of the Ottawa Senators club, but a cool video montage for Alex Dabrinkit at the first TV timeout in the first period. Just some cool moments for Dabrinkit and a really, you know, a second round pick that stepped onto the scene kind of right away and emerged as a real threat at the NHL level, a two-time 40 goal scorer for the Blackhawks in his time here. Um, Unfortunately, it just kind of came to a crossroads and ultimately Kyle Davidson felt like the return the return for Debrinkit at that point was going to be more valuable to the rebuild. So they had to move on, but yeah, it's crazy watching all those highlights. You kind of forget how gifted of a goal scorer Alex Debrinkit was. We kind of just got used to it at a certain point where, Oh, Debrinkit's just shelfing that from the left circle. That kind of became normal, but 
it was a reminder last night watching that video tribute. He has one of the best shots in the entire NHL. He tried to use it to beat Stalock last night, but he came up big each and every time. And uh, that was a big factor, obviously, in the Blackhawks picking up such a lopsided victory. The second period was really when things started to turn in the Blackhawks' favor, though. We saw Seth Jones score two goals there in the middle frame to stay red hot. He now has four goals in his last three games and 10 on the season. The first time that Jones has hit double-digit goals uh, since 2017-2018 season when he was still a member of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Third time he's reached that plateau in his NHL career. And I'll tell you what, Blackhawks fans, regardless of how Seth Jones plays, people are going to go on Twitter and say, oh, he's bad, he's not worth the contract. But he really has been playing such steady hockey, in my mind, since the, the turn of uh, – the turn of the year, 2023, Seth Jones has been really good so far this season, this this end of the season. Um, he's been making a difference in transition. The goal scoring has been nice to see, particularly of late. I think he now has seven goals in his last 15 games. Nice to see that kind of resurgence for him in that department. I'd still like to see him be aggressive more on the power play, just one power play goal on the season for Seth Jones at this point. But in my mind, he's been, he's been really steady on the top pairing. And even now that Jake McCabe is gone and he's been paired up with his brother, Caleb, I thought he's, he's still been just as solid despite um, his steady defensive partner getting shipped out. So kudos to Seth Jones for playing some awesome hockey as of late four goals in his last three games, seven points in his last seven games. Obviously he's the big minute eater on the back end for the Blackhawks. Is he a shutdown number one defensive defenseman? No, but he is certainly a game breaker in terms of what he can do offensively when the puck's on his stick and in transition in the offensive zone, cycling the puck. He's got good IQ. Is he the all around number one defenseman that you know, maybe deserves that price tag. No, but there's nothing we can do about this anymore, Blackhawks fans. How about we give Seth Jones a fair shot? I don't know. Just an idea that I'm having because I'll tell you what, he's been playing some really solid hockey here in the past couple of months. And how about Anders Bjork last night too, Blackhawks fans? Holy moly, the man the Blackhawks acquired from the Buffalo Sabres in exchange for future considerations suited up in his second game as a member of the Hawks last night and went on an absolute frenzy. Three primary assists for Anders Bjork alone in the second period on both of Seth, Go Seth Jones's goals. And he also set up Jason Dickinson in front to put the Blackhawks ahead four to nothing. Dickinson snaps his 13 game goal drought with his ninth goal of the season as well. But how about Anders Bjork? He was a man on a mission last night, skating up and down the ice, drawing penalties, making plays all over, all over the ice. Kind of looking like that old number 24 who just got traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs recently, right? I mean, I don't know if uh, I don't know if Andres Bjork is going to live up to those expectations of what Sam Lafferty did here in a year and a half, but he's off to a really good start. And how about this, Blackhawks fans? In 58 games for the Buffalo Sabres last year, Andres Bjork had three assists. In the second period alone last night, he had three assists for the Blackhawks. Three assists in two games. Quickly um, kind of getting getting to be a little fan favorite here in Chicago, which was funny to see, but a really solid game last night from Anders Bjork. A huge difference maker, arguably the most impactful player on the ice. Pretty incredible that the Blackhawks got him for free. Still only 26 years old. I know that's not 
prospect, uh, not considered a prospect anymore for rightful reasons, but Hey, maybe the Blackhawks have something here with Anders Bjork. You know, they're going to give him all the opportunities in the world to prove himself. And maybe that's just what he needed. Massive performance from Anders Bjork last night to lift the Blackhawks to a five, nothing victory. All right, folks, there was my quick recap of last night's win over Alex DeBrinkett and the Senators. Coming up in just a moment, I'll be looking back over the moves that Kyle Davidson made at the 2022 NHL trade line and discussing everything that the Blackhawks have received under his tenure so far. But first, I need to talk to you all about FanDuel. Got to pull up the ad here. I apologize. Folks, the best Sportsbook in America is now our newest partner here over at Lockdown. It's FanDuel, and the second half of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, which is, yes, America's number one sportsbook. Because if you're a new customer, you can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. All you got to do is go and download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, which is safe, secure, and also super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and even threes drained for some of your favorite Bulls players like Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan, Io DeSumo. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a greater payout with the same game parlay feature. So don't miss out on the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your bets lose when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Real quick, before I get into segment two, for those of you that have that are still tuned into today's episode at this point, first off, let me say thank you. And I want to remind you all that you now have an opportunity to win two free Blackhawks tickets to the game on the 28th against the Dallas Stars. All you have to do in order to qualify, first, you have to go and leave me a review on either Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Bonus points to those of you who leave me a five-star review. And you're also going to want to be sure to drop the name of your YouTube channel in there because the second thing you need to do is you have to subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. And I'll be checking if you're subscribed to the channel by seeing your YouTube channel name that's in the review. And you have to do both of these things in order to have a chance to win those two free tickets. You have to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. You also have to be subscribed to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. So make sure to go do that to have a chance to win two free tickets to the game on the 28th later this month against the Dallas Stars. All right, getting back into everything, folks. I wanted to... Uh, with obviously the 2023 NHL trade deadline now having passed. It's been five days now up to this point. The Chicago Blackhawks were obviously very active, trading away Patrick Kane, Max Domi, Jake McCabe, Sam Lafferty, Jack Johnson. They made a plethora of moves. Well, that kind of gave me the idea of I wanted to go back to the 2022 NHL trade deadline, which was not as active by the Blackhawks, um, but to kind of see – the accumulation of everything that Kyle Davidson has acquired so far in his time as general manager. And when I went through everything, I kind of made a list of what the Blackhawks have traded and what they've received going through this list of what they've traded. Yes. It's tough seeing all of these 
good players that they've dealt in the last two trade deadlines. But at the same time, the list of what they received is truly unbelievable. And in my mind, it's exactly how you should go about a rebuild. So I wanted to kind of refresh in everyone because, yes, a lot has happened at the 2023 trade deadline. I also wanted to remind all you Blackhawks fans out there of what Kyle Davidson was able to do at the 2022 NHL trade deadline. Excuse me, a little drink of water there first. So a couple of days prior to the deadline, the Blackhawks made their first major move. We heard some rumblings about it at the time. Weren't sure if it was actually going to happen. But ultimately, as Kyle Davidson said himself, the Blackhawks received too good of an offer to say no to as they sent Brandon Hagel a 2022 fourth-round pick and a 2024 fourth-round pick to the Tampa Bay Lightning in exchange for a conditional 2023 first, a conditional 2024 first. Both of those are top 10 protected, but sure not looking like the Lightning are going to be in the top, going to be picking inside the top 10 in this year's draft in all likelihood. They're probably not going to be doing so next year either. So looks pretty likely that the Blackhawks will be receiving uh, those picks in the years that they say they are getting them a 2023 first, a 2024 first, along with forwards, Taylor Radish, and Boris Kachuk. Looking back at this deal now a year later, I still think it ultimately is considered a win for the Chicago Blackhawks. It could very well be a win for the Tampa Bay Lightning too if they're able to find playoff success and if Brandon Hagel is able to be a big part of that for them. Obviously last year they were able to reach the Stanley Cup final for the third consecutive year. Uh, They're going to be hoping to do so for the fourth consecutive year except hoping to come out with a different outcome. Hagel has been a huge part of Tampa Bay's success so far this season though. He's been playing on the top line with Braden Point uh, in 62 games Hagel has tallied 22 goals and 27 assists for 49 points. Looks like he could be a 60-point getter potentially when it's all said and done this season. Maybe a 30-30 guy, which is, you know, pretty remarkable, especially considering the other parts of his game that he provides. I mean, draws a ton of penalties, a hard worker, great four-checker, great two-way forward. Uh, He has the ability to impact the game all over the place and on every shift, regardless of what the situation is. And he's also got quite a team-friendly contract. So um, I, I get why Tampa Bay was giving up this type of deal in order to get him, but I still think for, it was, like Kyle Davidson said, too good of a deal for him to say no to. We'll see what these two first-round picks wind up turning into, um, but with what Taylor Radish has been able to accomplish so far in his time with the Blackhawks, I think he – Could be a middle six piece potentially if he continues to develop on a really good team, hopefully a really good Blackhawks team that he'll still be around for. Uh, He's a good goal scorer. Boris Kachuk, not so sure he's going to have a future here in Chicago, but the main thing is the Blackhawks got two first round picks in exchange for Brandon Hagel. Taylor Radish is a nice sweetener as well. As of a a year, um, Uh, As of a year that has passed from this trade, I guess I should say, I'm still considering this a win for the Blackhawks. Could also be a win for the Tampa Bay Lightning, too. This is one of those deals that could work out for both sides. The next deal that Kyle Davidson and the Blackhawks made was trading goaltender Marc-Andre Fleury while retaining 50% of his contract to the Minnesota Wild in exchange for a conditional 2022 second-round pick that had the chance to turn into a first-round pick in the 2022 NHL draft if the Wild were able to reach the Western Conference Final. Of course, they were not. 
They were bounced in the first round by the St. Louis Blues. So this wound up being a second round pick for the Blackhawks, and that turned into forward prospect Ryan Green, who's having a really impressive freshman season with Boston University. Been bumped up to their second line center. He's been a point per game guy for the Terriers so far this year. I'm really excited about the potential for Ryan Green. This looks like a no-brainer decision by uh, Kyle Davidson and the Blackhawks here, helping Flurry out, going to a team that actually has Stanley Cup aspirations, and they also appear to have received a pretty good forward prospect in exchange for that as well. And then the last trade the Blackhawks made at the deadline, if you all remember, they didn't end up trading Calvin DeHaan, didn't end up trading Dominic Kubalik. I could maybe understand there not being much of a market for DeHaan considering his cap hit at the time, but not trading Dominic Kubalik still felt like a little bit of a weird one to me, and then the Blackhawks end up letting him walk. I don't know. It was kind of an odd situation. Anyways, the last move that they made was trading Ryan Carpenter to the Calgary Flames for a 2024 fifth-round pick, which doesn't seem all that significant. But, hey, anytime you can add some sort of draft capital, Ryan Carpenter had no future in Chicago. Doesn't even seem like he has an NHL future at this point in his career. No offense, Carpy. Uh, so that, again, just seems like a, an easy decision made by Kyle Davidson. Then... There comes all the trades that the Blackhawks made at this year's deadline, as I already mentioned. Last year's deadline was not as active for the Blackhawks as it was this year, or even as we were expecting leading up to the deadline last season. A whole heck of a lot of moves made. Patrick Kane, obviously, to the New York Rangers. Hawks retained 50% of that. They get uh, a conditional 2023 second-round pick that can become a first if the Rangers reach the Eastern Conference Final along with a 2025 fourth-round pick. They also got uh, Sari Yarvi and Andy Walensky, probably two guys that will never see play in an NHL game for the Blackhawks. For Max Domi, uh, the Blackhawks also traded Dylan Wells to Dallas as part of that deal in exchange for Anton Kudobin in his $2.2 million cap hit through the remainder of this season in a 2025 second round pick. The Blackhawks also packaged Jake McCabe, Sam Lafferty in two-fifths. The Hawks retained 50% of McCabe's salary to the Toronto Maple Leafs for a conditional 2025 first round pick. Um a 2026 second round pick in Joey Anderson and Pavel Gogolev. Brandon Hagel deal, I already mentioned. The Marc Andre Fleury deal, I already mentioned. Jack Johnson was sent to the Colorado Avalanche in exchange for Andreas England, who, by the way, suffered a lower body injury in last night's game. I believe it's an ankle sprain. He's not going to be going on the road for the Blackhawks for their three game road trip. So Ian Mitchell appears like he's. Uh, it appears that he's going to be drawing back into the lineup, which is good news for those Ian Mitchell fans out there. They also, I already went over the Ryan Carpenter deal. So everything the Blackhawks received in total. So here's what they traded. Patrick Kane retained 50%. Max Domi, Jake McCabe, they retained 50% on McCabe as well. Sam Lafferty, Brandon Hagel, Marc-Andre Fleury, they retained 50% on that. Jack Johnson, Dylan Wells, Ryan Carpenter. And what they get in exchange, they got a 2023 first-round pick from Tampa Bay, conditional, but doesn't doesn't seem like that's an issue. A 2024 conditional first-round pick doesn't seem like that's going to be an issue. Forward prospect Ryan Green, Taylor Radish, Boris Kachuk, a 2023 second-round pick from New York that can become a first-round pick, a 2025 first-round pick from Toronto, a 2025 second-round pick from Dallas, a 2023 second-round pick from Ottawa, a 2025 fourth-round pick from the Rangers, 
Anton Kudobin, Austin Wagner, Andreas Englund, Joey Anderson, Anders Bjork, Nikita Zaitsev, a 2026 second-round pick from Toronto, a 2026 fourth-round pick from Ottawa, and a 2024 fifth-round pick from the Calgary Flames. Oh, my Blackhawks fans, that is a boatload of draft picks, along with, you know, a, a couple of players who maybe have some promise here. I talked about Taylor Radish, Ryan Green's a forward prospect that is having a strong season with uh, Boston University. Anders Bjork had a massive game last night against the Senators. Andreas Englund, unfortunately, just got hurt, but was looking pretty steady in his first couple of games with the Blackhawks. And then a ton of draft picks, I mean. It stinks giving away Patrick Kane, obviously my childhood idol. Max Domi, who was awesome here in his short stint with the Blackhawks. Jake McCabe, who had such a tremendous bounce back season. It was awesome to see him play better. Um, Sam Lafferty, who really solidified himself as a true NHLer here in Chicago. Brandon Hagel, who has proven to be an up-and-coming star for the Tampa Bay Lightning. It stinks trading away players like that. But when those guys aren't getting you over the hump, they're not making you good enough to compete for the Stanley Cup, you might as well sell high on them. And that's really what the Blackhawks did on basically all of these players, except for Patrick Kane, because Kyle Davidson had literally zero leverage in that situation. So, I mean, to think about how they got two firsts from Tampa Bay, a first from Toronto, possibly a first from New York if they can reach the Eastern Conference Finals. If not, that's a second in 2023. They got another second in 2025 from Dallas, a free second-round pick in 2023 from Ottawa for taking on Nikita Zaitsev, another 2026 second-round pick from Toronto as part of the McCabe and Lafferty deal. I mean, just a slew of draft picks here. Unfortunately, you know, you got to get rid of some good in order to get that stuff. But man, I really do think it has the Blackhawks sitting pretty through the next two, three NHL drafts. And not only does that allow them to go about adding towards the prospect pool, but let's say they get Adam Fantilli or even better, they get Connor Bedard in the 2023 NHL draft. Well, now maybe the process has been expedited just a little bit and some of those picks in 2025 and 2026 you know you can ship out in order to take on some veteran players to add some depth and situations like that um they can also trade some of this stuff to maybe get more first or second round picks all in all it has the blackhawks sitting pretty and really i, I haven't thought the Blackhawks were in a position like that and and seemingly ever. So um, I think Kyle Davidson has done an excellent job of adding draft capital so far. The next step is drafting well, executing on those draft picks and building up something for people to get excited for, not just the fans, but people around the league, because that's how you kind of generate some free agency buzz. I know Chicago is an excellent city. It's an original six franchise. People know it's exciting to play here. Even in the downtime, people get treated well and they enjoy playing here in Chicago. But when you have a legitimate young team that could be on the cusp of something special, that's going to be even more, um, even that's going to make the Blackhawks a more, um, I guess for the lack of the better word, intriguing, which I know I already just used a situation for free agents to go and join. So yeah, I really do think Kyle Davis in the last two deadlines, all in all has done a really solid job. I still don't understand why we didn't trade Dominic Kubalik. Um, 
maybe Davidson is a young general manager. The only thing that I can think of is that he didn't want to sell low and didn't want to seem like a pushover maybe in his first trade deadline as a GM. That's the only thing I can think of. But other than that, all the moves he really has made, there isn't one that's like, whoa, that was a that was a bad trade made by the Blackhawks. I get some people say that about Patrick Kane, but he legitimately had zero leverage. So looking at all of this, folks, has me really happy about where the Blackhawks are sitting, moving forward. And like I just said, I don't think any of us fans have, uh, have been looking forward to the future like this in quite some time. The future is bright for the Chicago Blackhawks. The next goal is just executing on all of those draft picks. All right, that is going to wrap up Tuesday, March 7th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you all again for tuning into the show. And if you haven't already, make sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast. It's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast. And make sure to go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube, and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day. Once again, thank you all for tuning into the show. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, it's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.